You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. Got a bass man happening. Yeah. You guys um, you guys, right to go now? Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Very good work. <laughs> Those guys are pretty good. They're consistent. Every week. You know how they play the same notes the same way? They bring it every week. It's Sunday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to 3RRR, but you know that. Um, but we asked the question. I've got Matt Steadman over here. Hello, Cam. It's good to be back in this chair, and thanks for Kent. Panometer Kent pushing the buttons the last couple of weeks. I'm back. <laughs> You're back. Yes. <laughs> yes, we read the press releases, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. It was good. No, it's great to have you back, Matt. Why and you? Looking good and, mm. uh, and happy. And my name's Cam Smith. You are listening to Eat It here on 3 FM. You've been listening. At least we hope you've been listening in mm. the morning to all the great shows that happen, and and now it's us. Mm. <laughs> and and now we talk about food, but I think we've got uh, a little bit of some interesting diversity today. Yes, there's some clinking of glasses going on in the green room, so everyone's getting there's very. A, there's a magnum of vermouth. <laughs> I've, I've never seen a magnum of vermouth. That is a big bottle of vermouth. (laughs) A green room should be about conviviality. It should never be painted green, which uh, we kind of lost the memo on that one. Yes. Um, But it's happening at the moment because we have one of the great doyens of hospitality in the green room. Yes. Uh, I speak of uh, part of a dynamic duo. And Um, and I'll I'll stick my head up and say I was very excited that this guest is coming in because one of my favourite restaurants in the whole world in the whole world, I know. Like, Bloody hell. <laughs> okay. And I seen? speak, of course, of Donovan's there in St Kilda. And we have on the show today... Gail Donovan. And the, the reason why is, uh, well, first of all, Gail's just a wonderful human being and one of the great... Um, uh, one, of, one of the great um, people that represent this industry. Mm. And this industry is about hospitality and making people feel welcome. Yes. And she's part of a dynamic duo, her and Kevin. And the kids, mm-hmm. well, a couple of standard poodles, uh, they don't come in and serve much. And that's, you know, we're going to let the dog show you to the table. No, that's kind of useless. Maybe we shouldn't do that. But Donovan's um, has been down there on the foreshore on mm. Jacker Boulevard for 21 years. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, her life in yes. this space, uh, her life on the beach with Kevin Inviting people to enjoy their place and how that place has changed and evolved over the 21 years, how they got over the great calamity of the fire of yes. 2014. We're looking, which was only I think a year after the, the Stoke Stoke House. House. Yeah, so yeah, was, similar yeah. circumstances mm. too. Um, fire and the flu. <sighs> got a fire and the flu. No, no. not not very good. No. But um, the good things too. So uh, Gail Donovan coming up and. Gail has been insanely, insanely generous. All mm. I can say is you should have your subscriber cards ready yes. for the segment. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, great. We're concurring here at 12.06, so we need to move on. Um, also, we have Dark Mofo um, happening in the south, and mm. incidentally, a happy solstice to everyone. Shortest day of the year earlier in the week. The yes. days are getting longer. It doesn't feel like it. doesn't mean they get warmer. No. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> I always thought that. The days are getting longer. It's getting warmer. But no, it's not going to do that. But uh, we wish all the people... Well, first of all, we should probably, um, even though they won't be listening, I don't, don't mm-hmm. think, but the people at Casey. 
yes. down there in the Antarctic. In Antarctica, they <laughs> often do their big annual feast for Midwinter's Day. I wonder how it went. It's probably, I reckon if you went to their website, I reckon there'd be lots of photos of it. I saw them uh, do the plunge. Oh, God. Which uh, which also a whole bunch of people at Dark Mofo did, which yes, I think is great. Yes, during the week, yes. Uh, Nick Stanton from Rambler, one of the, another guest who was on the show. He, mm-hmm. he was down there cooking, lucky duck. But not everybody can get down to Dark Mofo. It's no. a little bit of a um, a tricky ticket to get. Yes. I've, I've heard now right. that uh, they weren't available for long online. Yeah, right. Um, but... We have an alternate for you, and we've got Chris Moore from Sailor's Grave, fabulous brewer up there in Gippsland. Yes. And there is going to be a dark, an eastern dark mofo. Anyway, we'll find out. There's going to be a solstice Mm. festival, and that's happening next week. So there's all sorts of things um, going to be happening there. We'll preview that. And uh, and then we've got uh, part of another dynamic duo because we've uh, actually everyone they're all dynamic duos. Chris and his wife Gab, <laughs> yes, dynamic duo. Gail and Kevin, dynamic duo. Oh yeah. my God, formidable dynamic yes. duo. Um, but then we look at a great um, Australian success story in the world of uh, distilling. Yes, and maceration, more importantly, I suppose. Um, the Book of Vermouth. <laughs> I know that laugh, man. Yes. <coughs> yeah, good on you, Cam. Um, the Book of Vermouth um, by Shane Byrne and Gilles Lapalou. I don't know, maybe it's Lapalous, but um, mm. Shane, uh, Sean's here. Yes. Um, with the magnum of uh, Maiden Eye. And he's, um, he won the award from the uh, Australian Spirit Awards for the best gin in this country. Yeah, right. Which is pretty good. I was saying just before the show, I think we're quite lucky in Melbourne. We have a, um, we have quite a developed cocktail community, do we not? And our good friend Seb Rayborn's a big part of that. But there's pictures of Seb in this book. There is. But, uh, you know, in other cities, Trish maybe. Gin Palace as well. In other cities, maybe they would all just compete and hate each other. And, but in Melbourne, everyone comes together and they bring their own brands and make amazing cocktails. Didn't Seb say they were making the Negroni was like the world's best Negroni because everything had won awards that went into it or something? Uh, uh, the, he should have. Yes. If he didn't. And Maidenheim was a part of that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a real um, brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever mm. you want to call it, uh, with, with this town and, and hospitality, and there's a lot of help that comes from within and across, uh, which I, I think is great. But anyway, you are listening to 3 FM. The time is... About 12.09. Just uh, before we move on. Yes, I've got some stuff here. Oh, you've got some stuff? Yeah, I'll, I'll, you how, go first. How about I? We've spoken mm. about the solstice and how often we we as humans mark the passage of the year with these events. Another big event that happens every year. And ritual. It's good to have ritual. And yes. ritual. Yes, sorry. Another ritual and event that happens every year is the Reckling Community Cup. It's on today. Victoria Park. Um, the match starts. Hang on, let me get my information. Yeah, what time does the match start? And gates, uh, gates are and open now. Yes. So if you're on your way there, I would recommend to take the train. Mm. Oh yes. Uh, match starts at two twenty-five, and um, there are bands on there until about seven o'clock. Um, yeah, what a, what mm. a good selection of humans you'll find down there. I think it, I think it's still dogs and dogs too. Yes, doggies and dogs. But maybe I'm not quite sure about streakers this year. No, there was a bit of a there was a bit of a to do last year, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah, there was a bit of a. The other top tip: um, just check and make sure uh, that you can get a ticket because I know that was tipped to potentially sell out. So just investigate that before you jump on the train. That's very good advice. And go the megahertz. I don't and think, go. Yes, I don't think the megahertz have won recently at all. But it, yeah, well, we'll 
I've, I've got yeah, the mega, megahertz scarf on. Yes. Um, before we do go into the uh, the meat of the show, yes, <laughs> or the nut meat if you are a vegetarian. So is this this is just the bread and the butter that you get at the start? Oh, this is the entree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, there you go. Well, Make sure that, that butter. There's nice it. olive oil with it, though. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, that's award-winning olive oil. Um, I have a quote by uh, the great late George Bernard Shaw. Yes, Irish playwright. Yes. Thank you. And um, he wrote, quite truthfully, he said, you know, statistics show that of those who contract the habit of eating, mm. very few survive. 12.11 here on 3 FM. We are going to be speaking to Chris Moore um, about... Yes. Uh, well, about his brewing and what's uh, what's in the kettle at the moment, mm-hmm. and then we also uh, also want to have a chat to him about uh, well the festival that is happening, the Long Dark Night, twenty uh, ninth of June, that's happening down there in Gippsland. Mm-hmm. Drive that bus, Matt. You do it we, so well. Uh, just hear some, some from some sponsors, and then we'll uh, chat to Chris. Do you know what I love the way he asks me? Shall we? Shall we just do this? <laughs> I think we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah! Uh-huh. Uh-huh! God, that just makes me grit my teeth and something happens to my lips when I hear that saxophone thing. Yeah. Um, we're delighted to have you aboard, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here on the radio. Um, I hope your Sunday's going well. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're on the road? You're just at home. <gasps> Is those are those muffins I smell coming from the oven? I hope so. Look, I hope you're having a, a lovely, relaxed day on the days that are slowly getting warmer. And hopefully, hopefully. we'll see. It's been a cold week. Oh, listen, I you think you know. <laughs> I'm bitter. It's been cold, dark and bitter. You know who's dark not and dark and bitter though? Let me guess. That would probably be the guy on the phone. Yeah, his name is Chris Moore. He is part of a dynamic duo of brewers with his wife Gab down there in Gippsland. And we welcome you with open arms and we give you a big hug on a cold day. Oh, that sounds great. (laughs) We've got some good sounds happening here. Chris Moore, hello. G'day, Cam. How are you going? (laughs) I'm going good, buddy. We're getting some nice sort of feedback. It's sounding a little bit... um... Very analog and old school, isn't it? Yes, analog old school. It's, It's kind of awesome. So it's like, we're, like we've just tuned into Radio Luxembourg, <laughs> and uh, and here you are, um, Chris. How the hell are you, buddy? I'm really good. I'm really good. I am heading into the brewery a little bit later, but at the moment I'm sitting by a warm fire out on the farm, so very comfy. Mm. What, is it, is it, what are we talking? Open fireplace? We're talking Carnarvon? We're talking Aga? Canara style, really? Canara style, <laughs> in the mode of, and. Uh, and uh, first of all, we should acknowledge the fact that um, the days are getting longer. But uh, so far as someone that is a brewer, um, it's sort of it's a double-edged thing. In a way, it's great. It's not too hot f- for brewing, but in a way, you've got to look after those little um, yeasty cells. That's right. They're, they're Be- pretty fussy. Yeah, they're pretty fussy. They go, no, we're not working under these temperatures. How, how can, we, can't, we cannot perform under these conditions. They kind of go, okay, it's hot, I'm going to crank it out, but you're going to get some weird flavours along with that. So. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Cross no. that out. No. And that's sort of in the, the word of, um, and I only really know it just as a word, uh, fusel alcohols? 
Yeah, it's used alcohol. That well, what? What are they? Kind of alcohols that you get um, for a number of reasons. Yeah, it could be too much oxygen in the fermentation process or the wrong temperatures. Definitely. Mm. But yeah, you don't want that kind of hot, hot alcohol flavour. Near, near, and then also you don't want them to shut down and just go to bed completely. No, they won't die, but they'll kind of tell you to piss off for a while and while they have a sleep. Yeah, yeah. just piss off, we're sleeping, mate. Yep. <laughs> well, there's no way we're... Oh, we're getting some weird echo stuff, aren't we? It is, it must be the farm. <laughs> oh, okay, that's it. Um, so, uh, first of all, Sailor's Grave, how many years has that been going for now? Nearly two years. I think we were back on the show right after we'd first opened, um, going back nearly two years ago now, but yeah, nearly two years. And you've been enjoying some great success. I I remember anyway. I remember tasting your beers and just going, "Hey, this stuff tastes really good." We were at a function, I think, with Michael Harden overlooking the Mitchell River. That's uh, right at Nicholson River Winery. Nicholson yep. River Winery, and I remember trying that and going almost like the Pulp Fiction moment, going, <laughs> "Hey, now that's good beer. This is." <laughs> yeah, I, I even remember what beer that was. <coughs> that was a Goza brewed with locally foraged sea figs. Okay. So. And that's one of the things that has sort of set you off. First of all, you do some uh, interesting styles of beers and forage and put some interesting things in the kettle. So what's in the kettle at the moment? Well, we were just actually this morning down at the beach foraging, looking at some, some great stuff that we're about to put in the kettle. So mm-hmm. um, Sea Daisy, and we're pretty excited about Sea Daisy. It sort of grows on the dunes uh, down on the coast here. Is that some sort of really. pig face? Pig face, yep. It's like, is that like a pig face though? Sorry, what was that? Is that like a pig face? No, no. So sea daisy's kind of got a sort of horrible scrawny rosemary kind of look um, to it, but a a big bush. Um, But it's softer leaves, slightly less woody. But it's got an amazing kind of, if you smell especially the, um, the dried kind of heads, the flower heads on it, you get a really subtle but, um, but definite passion fruit aroma. Really? It's beautiful. Wow, so it, this is going to be uh, not a Pacific Ale, in a way? No, but you're, you're not far off. It's going to have that kind of um, passion fruity um, element to it. We're going to uh, do a kind of a light uh, beer, 2.7% uh, sour light beer with sea daisy and a little bit of fruit in there as well, just to balance, you know, to, to play off the sea daisy, I think. Doing, doing the, the, the ghosts and, you know, the, the sour sort of beers is... Um Oh, it's a hell of an evolution, even though that it's sort of looking over the over your shoulder at the at the past, which sort of informs that. Yep. How has the market acceptance been of these sort of new flavours? How are you well, finding it? Really good, yeah, amazingly. You know, I mean, you can get a bit nervous about these things, especially when we're throwing everything we can from hay to oysters in the beer. Um, <laughs> but um, amazingly, uh, the market is really receptive there. I think. Uh, people want something with drinkability primarily first and you know mm. you can't just have a novelty beer it has to have drinkability but as long as you get past that gateway um sourness and new flavors there's a real openness to it yeah and sour okay so we we talk one of the great things that uh, i've seen about the craft beer movement is how well it matches with food um, and I think one of the biggest revelations was how well some beers go with cheese. But yeah. um, sour beers, what, what sort of um, what sort of things do you pair with a sour beer? Depending on the beer, but usually something that needs uh, either fat cutting through or salt um, re- relief from salt. Something that that has needs a kind of balancing fruity 
palate cleansing um, uh, element to it. So sour beers are great with that. We do kind of, uh, this does sound like a novelty, but it's actually really yum. Um, mm-hmm. Dessert beers, so beers that are both creamy and sour and fruity at the same time. Mm. And the last thing you want to pair something like that with is a, a, the real dessert because it will um, it will kind of disappear in the, against the, the cliff of of genuine sweetness and creaminess. You want savoury elements um, with, with sourness, I find. Yeah, right. And um, that's kind of interesting. So the it's sort of, it's like it almost, is like Italian wines in a way that, you know, they, they're they kind of acidic and their their whole thing is to sort of cut through fat. Yes, yeah. Um, in a way, so you... But that's very a very good analogy, actually. You, it's sort of it, it, it's in that 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 same sort of thing. Um, where do people find your beer? Where, where's your beer retailed at now these days? We're scattered over, so you won't find it in the bigger places. Haven't got um, to Dan's yet. No, 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 there's no sort of Dan's or BWS really. Um, you'll find it scattered over Thirsty uh, Camel. No, sorry, I'm being something silly now. There yes. is the odd Thirsty Camel that is uh, run independently, and they do stock it actually. But um, oh, but well, Blackouts and Sparrows is a classic example. Carwin Cellars, McCoppins, um, not just sort of craft beery venues though. We have uh, places like Embler and Supernormal that uh, have a small beer list that our subtle styles of beer fit well into as well hmm. so but yeah gen, uh, generally kind of well curated smaller bottle shops you'll find us in well and also you'll find those small curated bottle shops have been supplied by this man on the phone now driving from gippsland how many times a week do you make that trek <laughs> uh, once a week at the moment. It's a, it's it's a long drive. Amazing. We're about five hours away. So. Yeah. All right. And and speaking of drives, um, there's a reason to come and drive up to uh, Gippsland for the 29th, the 30th, and the 1st of July. That's right. Um, yeah. What's what's going on? Well, it's. Um, I mean, Tasmania has its mofo, but um, dark mofo, but and we would never try and compete with that. But look, it gets pretty dark. It gets pretty grim and scary out here. <laughs> Where nobody can hear you scream. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, we had to do a festival in the middle of winter here. So, yes, and it's a, it's it's a festival focused around really trying to promote local producers, local um, skills, artisan chefs, and of course fermentation and beer from our brewery as well, with workshops and music, a whole bunch of stuff. So, what's the name of this festival? The Deep Winter Festival. Yes, the Deep Winter Festival. So. We've got three days. We've got, uh, unfortunately, the first night, we've got a great long table dinner with um, Tanya and Anton from Linden O'Long Paddock, a fantastic little restaurant. Oh, will you say hello to them for me? They're lovely. They're, they they're, are lovely, they're yeah, good so people. Give them a big hug from Cam. Yep, I will. So what's the name of that restaurant? It's called The Long Paddock, and where is that? In Lindeno. So Lindeno. Sort of, yeah, right in the food bowl outside of Bansdale. Yeah. Um, which, even though that's over an hour away from us, that's local <laughs> around yes. here. So. Yeah. But they're doing a, a long table dinner on the Friday night, which will be amazing, matched with uh, four of our seasonal um, farmhouse-style beers. But that one's sold out. We've still got adding a few more tickets to a couple of workshops. We've got a workshop on Sharon with Sharon Flynn from the Fermentary on Saturday, which unfortunately is also sold out. But we've got an amazing, yeah. if you're into home brewing, an amazing uh, workshop with Brendan O'Sullivan. Uh, from Three Ravens, who is a guru uh, when it comes to brewing. Um, I'm still learning from him. Wow. Um, so he'll be doing a workshop on the Sunday. There's tickets to that available. And Where the Wild Things Are, the Saturday night, um, 
cut loose time, I guess. Lots of open fire pits. We've got um, a lot of uh, lamb that we've uh, fed on this farm and beef that we've fed on this farm that's been uh, knocked over, ready to be cooked over fire pits on that night. There'll be chicken heart kebabs. There'll be yeah, whole whole lambs over the over the coals. It'll be great. Mm. And a punkabilly, uh, a Celtic punkabilly um, Irish band are playing also on that night, and of course lots of beers. Sounds crazy good, crazy good. And vegetarians, of course, are they... Um, definitely catered for. Definitely catered for, so it's not all sort of, you know, burning animals type thing. Oh, and the lamb for that. Yes. Um, Chris, um, all strength to your arm and what you're doing there. Um, your dedication is amazing. Your beers are great. And uh, we wish you all the best for the, what's it called again? The Deep Winter, the Deep Winter. Deep Winter Festival. Thank you, everyone, uh, filling in my <laughs> my bad memory. But uh, one thing I did want to mention was uh, a really, really great way to get to Gippsland is take that train to Bansdale and then maybe a rental car at the end of it. And it's... Uh, it is because it's um it's a really relaxing journey and you can sort of turn off your phones and watch the world go by and it's kind of a nice thing to do in this this day and age. Yeah, that's great. Big hug to you all. Um, say good day to the guys from Long Paddock, as I said. Yep. And um, I hope you have a really really great weekend next weekend. Thanks, Cam. Thanks for having me on. Oh, pleasure, mate. Ooh, I've gone a little bit later than I should have. Uh, Matt shaking his finger at me, 12.24, actually 12.25, but uh, hey, who's counting? In this time of uh, trouble, <laughs> we thought we'd put this on because it's, uh, it's all about love. Yeah. And uh, that's the most important thing. Let's hit it. Uh, here we are. Matt's keeping us on the straight and narrow because I'm trying all excited. to I'm trying excited. to keep you on the straight and narrow because we have one of the greats, uh, one of the great um, hostesses of uh, hosts. Forget forget that sort of thing. Down the beach, down Jacka Boulevard uh, for 21 years. Uh, the doors have been open. You've been welcomed with open arms, and we welcome you, Gail Donovan, with open arms and a big good day to you. Thank you, my darling. Oh, it's good to see you looking as handsome as ever. <laughs> I thought I'd start with that. <laughs> that's, uh, this is the disarming way of girl, see? You just, I wrote just, that down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> you, there's just no hope, you know. You think, I'm going to ask the tough questions. No, I can't, I can't. Donovan's uh, taking over from... Originally, it was a changing room, and then a Frenchman came along and... Uh, Made a lot of money from selling fish and chips from there, and then 21 years ago, you walked through the doors of uh, of the old bathing pavilion down there by the bay. It went fast. What were those days like? What was what was? First of all, congratulations, obviously, on the 21st Thank year. Thank you so much. There are great celebrations that are happening. We will get to those, but paint us a picture of when you and your fabulous partner is he out of bed yet, Kevin? He might be. He might be. If you're there, sweetie, good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. Um, what was it like when you took over and how did you sort of stamp your imprimatur on it and what did, what was the vision at the beginning? Uh, really simple. But I have to say, can I, like, you know when you have guests on and they have special requests and they have to special say needs. happy birthday. Like, I know it's our birthday. Yes. But I have to just say three amazing things. Three amazing things. Yes. Get ready, Matt. Matt needs to write this down. Yeah. Okay. Number one. Thanks to my best friend and darling husband for working together for that long is not easy. And you know I'm a little bit 
difficult. So I really appreciate how, how gorgeous woman. he is. Oh, yes. that's, it, it's a shock, isn't it? I know. Uh, and to the 73 amazing staff that work for us now and the hundreds of staff that have worked for us in 21 years because without them there's nothing. But then there's the real thing. Uh, you have to say thanks to the loyalty of your amazing customers because without them we would not be there. One thing that is... And they are loyal and they are amazing. Indeed. and But that's a two-way street, Gail. Uh, that, that doesn't happen by accident. That is, is very much because of who you are. And one of the things that... Uh, and I still want to get back to what those first days were like, so I don't think you can get away with that one. But the fact is that you're... In this industry that is um, defined by its transience... Um, is uh, you, you have people that stay a long time with you, like Robert Castellani, for instance. Yep, you know, he's there chef. Years. How many years was he there for? Oh he was the chef. Gosh. Oh, I don't know, but our chef now, uh, Emma, is she's been with us for fifteen years and started as an apprentice. Mm. So only ever two chefs. Yeah. So longevity is is um, a great testament well, to who you are, and it's also it's it's part of. Um, being able to make sure that your product's consistent, and that's really important. Mm. You're only as good as the last meal you've served, and uh, it's you are. You seriously I, 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 are. Hey, look, I've been a freelancer know, since I know, the day you say. I know so that I know sounds that corny, but it's it's true. Yeah, it it's absolutely true. No, it is. And and I was just explaining before that we we would always like to try if we can. Yes. For our, <laughs> you know what you want? What? You want your goodbye to be better than your hello. Who? Because yeah, okay, hello means here's the menu, welcome, here's your seat, da da da. And goodbye can often mean the waiter's gone home, where's my coat, I need to ask for my bill, that and no coffee, one shows that you coffee out. was terrible. Exactly. That's be and, and so I think it's that it's. Because it's the punctuation mark yep, on the meal. Yep. It's really important for you to open the door when people leave mm. more than when you welcome, because they leave. Dessert's the most important meal, it's the last thing they have. It's the lasting impression. And good coffee. Yeah, good coffee. So we don't get it right, but that's where we're working. And I think that uh, a couple of things, I'll, I'll get back to the what was it like when we took it over. I won't forget that one, I promise. Good on you. Um, but I think that you can't have a restaurant for 21 years if you're counting the numbers, and we haven't. Um, I've never even thought about it being a long journey, and I still think that um, <clears throat> at 65... I would like to do it for another 21 years. Mm. But we have great people, like you say, um, working with us that, that have been with us for a long time, which will are helping us make this business um, new. You know, we, we like I said to you, businesses touch wood bigger than ever, and, and that's because we really listened to um, the opinions of all sorts of people and tried to make it better. And change the, the very nature of the restaurant itself in that the area that is inhabited front of house gets changed and refreshed. But let's go back. <laughs> let's go back. You, you, Someone would have, I don't know, handed you the keys? I mean, well, how did it, it happen? It was really hard. It was like, here's the keys. Uh, Jean-Jacques had gone. It was really, He'd really hard. He'd gone to open up his toy museum in Smith Street in a moment of great bad timing. Oh, no, no, sorry, poor darling. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, John. I mean, but look, you got what, what happened? You got given the keys, and it was summer. Yeah. Do you think we had the faintest idea, Kevin and I, of what summer was like in St Kilda? <laughs> well, back in the days when Fitzroy Street was still a thriving <laughs> restaurant area. 
True. Anyway, that's true. another story. That's another story. Yeah. That is another so, but, yeah, story. So, yeah, so summer and... I do remember, I think that after being open for about three weeks, I do remember us, both Kevin and I, maybe standing between the rubbish tins at about midnight, crying, because we didn't know what to do with it. Oh, what the f- oh, it's like, what have we done? Yeah. Um, because we weren't used to it, we had no concept of what it was going to be like, and we were completely unprepared. Yes. We were. We, we really, really were. So we, we've we've had to learn. And, and then I think the big thing was to when we refurbished the restaurant and, and the whole concept was to turn it into someone's house. What was it before that, do you think? Empty, soulless. It was, it was a sad, sad it was a, de- it, derelict it, it was a re- uh It had been let run down, but it was a really massively abused business in summer and completely dead in winter. Ooh. So what you want is, obviously, if you're going to keep, we have 73 staff now, if you're going to keep people employed, you need a business that can, can work in both. That is viable. So yeah. you, you turned it to an extension of, um, and I'm not being unique in saying this, it was uh, to turn it into a Californian beach house. Yeah, I think that's it. That was sort of a, a way to do it. A very, very yeah. comfortable, slightly opulent, sort of great place to be with a beautiful view of the water. And somewhere where you could eat food that you love to eat and felt like you were in somebody's house. Mm. And it's the, and the same concept applies today and that it would be open for everybody. So if you're glamorous, if you're not glamorous, like you're glamorous, Cam. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not. Oh, right? so it, I was going to change those tables that immediately. It could, be, it could be all things for everybody. You can have your grandmother's birthday there. You can have an 18th birthday. You can spend whatever you like, First as date. little as you like. First date. First date, great place for a first date. And then it becomes first anniversary and then it becomes <laughs> wedding. And, uh, wait, and this is it. And you would have seen that um, a fair bit. Oh, I've, I've uh, we had a wedding not so long ago for the daughter of somebody's daughter. I married her mother. Yeah, there you go. So this was... It's, you... it's, it's, it's family history. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. It's family. So, and so the, yeah, renovations went by. We've come to this time now there was there's been un- enormous highs and lows and that's sort of the the nature of this business is that with that interaction with people and place and just trying day to day to survive and thrive you've had great days and bad days and we have to mention the great calamity that happened in 2014 yeah we uh, uh, we had a little we had a little barbecue that got over enthusiastic <laughs> And you we burnt the restaurant instead of the chops. And, and, I, I, and I, what, did, what did you say after this? Um, yeah, we needed some new chairs anyway. I yeah, think was, why not? Uh, I did. Was um, in. I did. What, what, a, what a gutsy thing to say because um, this was you're faced with this calamity of of my the business is is burnt and a great deal of the restaurant is destroyed by fire the kitchens oh. were destroyed the dining room was sort of underwater underwater because of the mm-hmm. lovely fireman who came course. through yeah it was but we just needed to be clear um the next day from our insurance company that we did have the insurance that we planned so much mm. once we'd done that then i said to kevin i can't stay and look at it because it's i just gotta go i'm gonna just start crying yeah so and and our friend frank who um renovated the restaurant was at the restaurant the next morning 
So I could see this guy with a hard hat across the road. Hmm. I mean, what are you looking at, chum? I'm, yeah. I'm giving him the what? Hey, yeah, yeah, hey, he goes, hey. yeah, it's me, it's me, Frank. So Frank was there. Really? He said, um, I want to work with the fireman and the insurance company and we'll let's start building her again. Phoenix like it He'd shall rise already again. ordered the ironbark timber for the floor because he knew it would take months to come. Mm-hmm. Well, good man. Well, so, I guess, you know, but like attracts like girl. Uh, you know, I guess that's um, that that's sort of the thing. Well, food wise, we had Christmas and we mm. got the restaurant open in eight months. Yeah, it was extraordinary. Christmas, so it's really really cool. And I never cried because I thought loads of people ask because I'm you know I know I look thirty five but I am sixty five. No. Um, but loads of people ask. Oh, I suppose you're going to retire. Loads, yeah, like as if. You would have I said never, you. We you never would even have thought said about it. A bit rude to them. It never. I might have. <laughs> I think you would. Uh, we never even thought it. about it. I knew that we had a restaurant. To be honest with you, mm. that it got a bit lazy. We, you know, we just we hadn't done a lot with it in a few years, mm. and it was just sort of not dying, but it was just humming along. Um, and that gave us a chance to to rebuild the whole thing, and all our staff were um, mm. in, were paid. For all the time we were closed. So, so it kept us together. It pains me that we sometimes we just do an hour show here because we could devote a whole hour to you, Gail. Um, the food. How, is, how did the food change in the 21 years that you were in the down at Jacka Boulevard? Here's the interesting thing. So sticking with the theory that we want to serve the food that we love to eat. Mm-hmm. And I know that everyone will talk to you about seasonal ingredients. Well, that comes in the back door every day. If you've got a big enough restaurant, people are bringing you ideas of new things that are, that's coming in the door every day, yes. whether you choose to use it or whether you don't. What there are, uh, make metaphor, but here we go. Metaphor. I think that's Sunday a big, metaphor. big word, but no, it's all right. We like. Metaphor. All right. Well, then you can tell me if I got the used the right word or not. Right. Okay. Matt and I are looking at each other, so, going, right, yeah, here yeah. we go. Metaphor <laughs> monitors. Of course, of course, when you close, everybody wants to change everything. However, yes, we didn't want to do that. I make the example of saying, well, if you didn't serve the food from the barbecue, which are the biggest selling things the prawns, the T-bones and the whole fish. Mm-hmm. If you didn't still make some of those things, they're the biggest selling things. All right, so Jason Lau, here's a flog for you. If the if the flower drum burnt down yes. and you built it back again, would you stop making the Peking duck because you're sick of doing it? Or the, or the lobster omelette? Would you do it? Would no, you? no would way. You? No, you'd no. be a bloody idiot. So there's 10 things on Stupid the... Stupid But There's 10 things on the bottom of the menu that says that we honour the 20 years of Donovan's. There's 10 things that are on that menu that have been served for day one that will always be served. Mm. And everything else grows around that. There's 70 things on the menu. We make everything ourselves except the bread. We have 22 cooks, and I like to think that we have a really great teaching kitchen. That's what we aspire to. Robert Castellani taught me a few things in in the days. Um, I remember having a dinner, oh, my God, in the private dining room with bloody Antonio Caluccio, actually, which, which was incredible. That. Yeah, and he served lasagna. Yes. And But it was proper Italian lasagna. It wasn't, it wasn't a skippy lasagna that was, mat, you know, full of, of meat and groaning. And I remember thinking just this silken pasta and this delicious um, 
uh, jus that was sort of with it and See, just a little bit of meat, which, um, but when that you, was when proper. You become a good cook, you need to have uh, an ability to do that. But he had Stephanie Alexander to teach him for years. Yeah, he had, he had a, a good thing. And so he had that beautiful skill that he's passed on to Emma, and mm. you just need great hands. Okay, so it has 21 glorious years with, yes. with many, many more to come. Um, you have got a birthday and you're, and you're throwing a party for everybody else, which is, is so we typical of what you do. So yeah. tell us, what are the highlights of the celebrations? I think that, well, there are a few very small dinners, so just for 20 people or so. Mm. Um, there's a day in the life at Donovan's where you can – 10 people only – spend the day with us, see see how we work our business. And then finish up in the private dining room. Absolutely. Yeah. And then our present to everybody is – and you just go on the website and have a look – Monday to Friday lunch in the private dining room. If you have 10 people or more, $60 a head including wine. And you say you've got a fireplace the in present. there. present. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll be going, no, rather than just look at the fireplace. Because then they're not all that great. Wow, it's sort of like, you know, potential energy. Wow, there could be a fire in there. No, there is uh, a fire in there. Um, what a time you've had. And, and, what a time and, we're and having. You're having and more to come. Um, Gail, as I said it before, you, you two guys are just such class acts and you have some of the greatest welcomes and also... As you say, the most important thing is not so much just the welcoming, but it's also in making sure things go great while people are in your place, but also wishing them well and opening the door for them, as you say. Smiling's free. Yeah, it is too. Uh-huh. Um, God, I wish we could. You, do you want to hang around for um, for Sean and some... Someone's you, taking me out to lunch today. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> and um, it looks like we've got something extraordinary... It, Gail, tell us about this envelope that you just sort of threw at me nonchalantly. Oh, and I've just well, dropped on the floor. I thought that, and, and now you have to be uh, gracious, I thought that I'd bring a present and then there's a voucher in there for $400 to go to Donovan's. So you can give it away to your listeners however you want to, my darling. You, we need to, and they can um, have a birthday with us. We need to think of a question as people who have leapt for the Jews. I was, I was going to think of a really easy one. <laughs> Were you? What anniversary is it? If you've been listening, even, <laughs> even oh, very wow. briefly. But we have to ask a question. But we do. We, we're an educational license. And also, so we you. don't, then it's, it's a game of skill and not a game of chance, so we don't need a permit. Give us a ring, 93881. It's complicated, girl. And a big hug from all of us. Um, oh, congratulations. And um, we need to, you need to come back and we can, we can have Any another time. chat. Uh, it is 12.46. Uh, we need to get Sean in here because yes. he's written a great book on vermouth. Uh, Gail's going off to lunch. You don't know where, but, uh, again, say hi to Kevin. And if you haven't been down to Donovan's, it's worth it for the smiles mm. and the food and the great location. Thanks, Gail. Hey, look up my glass over there. What sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Somebody got to drink. Somebody got to drink. Let's drink. Cheers. 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 Um, yeah, could have spoken to Gail Donovan for mm. a while after that. Uh, who won? Um, we have a very excited Marguerite on the phone because yeah. she's yeah, picked up the uh, 
the four hundred dollar voucher. Four hundred bucks. If you do it at Donovan's, um, you, you you might need to save up a little bit, but it's worth it. It is worth it. It's mm. fine dining. Yes, <coughs> fine dining by the uh, by the bay, mm-hmm. um, and the testament is the two people that uh, that run the place because they're just mm. awesome. Yeah. And uh, they pay their staff accordingly. Look yes, even, even when the restaurant's burnt down, they still pay the staff. Yeah, they're human Incredible. resource. Um, Sean Byrne, a very, very good afternoon to you. Lovely, lovely. Thank you to, thank you for having us along today. Welcome back. Yes, it's... Uh, when was the last time I was here? It must have been a few well, months ago. Yeah. Um, first of all, we need to say twofold congratulations. Thank you. First congratulations is uh, the very fact that uh, Maiden and I had a, a real big win at the Australian Spirit Awards, is that right? The, the Royal, Aust- Royal Melbourne Wine Awards we actually Thank won uh, for the second year running our Sweet Vermouth, won Best Vermouth in Australia. Which one was that? Uh, our Sweet Vermouth. I'm just going to point that to yeah. you. You're sort of going towards the end of it. We're just doing microphone technique um, here. I'm so still the learning. Sweet Vermouth... Uh, was the one that won, and also the very fact that you and your uh, partner in crime, Gilles. Gilles Lapalou, who's gallivanting around France at the moment, the lucky bugger. I love the way you say gallivant. Mm. Well, he always looks like he's gallivanting. I am gallivanting. <laughs> it seems like a very French thing to do to gallivant. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and this is the, the two hemispheres, but the two hemispheres have come together to write um, a Sensational book. Indeed. Well, we like to think so. Published by Hardy Grant. I can t- testify to that. I think it is just mm. an absolute sensation. A um, lot of voices in here. There's sort of, you know, the winemaker, the bartender coming together. That's you and Gilles. Correct. There's a very interesting piece that Max wrote. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, God, he did a lot of research. <coughs> that was uh, incredibly interesting. It's um, just the history of uh, Vermouth in Australia. Who would have thought? We've been making it since, uh, you know, the 1800s. Yeah, okay. Um, gosh, sorry. We only have, only have about 10 minutes to have a chat, but mm. let's go right back. Uh, vermouth is um, a wine directly, it refers to the fact that there should be wormwood in it. Correct, yeah. So if you look at uh, what uh, vermouth is, there's five ingredients. One of them is the wine, which has to be, that's the most important ingredient in it. It has to be at least 75% wine. Mm-hmm. You have to have uh, some kind of fortifying spirit in there. You generally have some kind of sugar in there as well. Uh, you have to have wormwood as one of the... Or you have to have a variety of the Artemisia family, which is um, much greater there's than There's a just, lot. There is. There's a, a, about 350 varieties of Artemisia. There's shitloads of those guys. There is. There is. And then the other ingredient is just other botanicals. There you go. Here's oh. Here's a little drink. I got a drink. There you go. Two and drinks. Oh, why not? Yes. <clears throat> Little vermouth and tonic just before uh, before lunchtime for you lads. Well, mm. the sun is definitely over the yard arm. Mm. So um, it was uh, a drink. Who we got? Uh, I've got some uh, from Turin with love. Uh, Antonio Bernadetto Carpano. Oh my goodness! Yeah, the, the legend that was the the legend that was, and and he created the vermouth. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I love the fact that he like he had like a little bar. Mm. Right, like a wine shop, mm-hmm. and this is to the as as I've read from this book and understood in the late 18th century, where this group of the bourgeoisie was sort of growing up that could re- frequent bars. Mm. He opened up a bar with this new stuff that became so popular it was 24 hours. Yeah, that's right. That's insane. <laughs> it's nuts, isn't it? Can you imagine that? 1786. God, only if liquor licensing will let you do that these days. 24-hour bar. No worries. <laughs> so it took off. Yeah. 
And the idea was, what was the idea of vermouth? That it was, um, it was just a good way to get some alcohol into you, or that it's sort of like the water of Lords. It actually did you some good. Well, yeah, I think the second option there is definitely a, an aspect of the medicinal reasons of vermouth mm. and getting all you can out of those herbs and spices. I mean, most liquor started as that anyway, as a as a, as a, as a tincture of some form for your health to give you um, some kind of a, a better life. And, and vermouth is no different. And the Italians were so big, you know, per alimentari, oh, course, you know, for course. the guts. I That's mean, right, for the they guts. were obsessed with the guts. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they were, and and another thing that I've learned from this really, really great mm. book, which is beautifully designed, is the very fact that when we look at um, bitters uh, in in things, you you mentioned the very fact for those that have might have tasted a beer mm. or the Campari for the mm-hmm, first time, mm-hmm. and I do remember when I tasted Campari because I was it like, out? no, I was no, I swallowed it, <laughs> yeah, no, but I was eleven years old. Yeah. And I used to sneak stuff from my parents' liquor yeah. cabinet. And one day I went, wow, that stuff's really red. I'm going to have a taste of that. (laughs) Campari starts off with half a second, no, about maybe a full second of sweetness Mm. before this crashing tidal wave Mm. (coughs) of bitterness comes over to us. And we uh, are are programmed to sort of go, bitter can be bad because of poisons. Mm. But the very nature of a digestivo, which maybe a vermouth isn't because it's more the other end, aperitivo, Mm. and the bitters that go in there... Mm trick the stomach to think it's been poisoned so it digests it and so the very nature of a digestive has legs. Correct, yeah. Well, yeah Have I explained that well? Oh, no, okay. no, no, pretty much, yes. Yeah. So, oh, uh, <laughs> a, a, a same reason for the aperitif as well. It's uh, it's about tricking your body into that uh, you've been poisoned, which all things in bit, that are, be, are bitter, if you're taken in extreme quantities, are going to be poisonous to you. Yeah. So the body's natural reaction is speed up the, meta- the metabolism get and it process out. Get it. it. Get it out. So, yes. you know, basically you should <laughs> have something bitter before and after every meal. Um, and if I keep telling that to enough people, then, you know, I will be able to buy a yacht one day from the maiden no winnings. And who knows, you might even be able to be on Lake Como. There we go, that's right. And wave to George Clooney. George, how are you doing? Um, and deservedly so. So the nature of bidders, um, as well as... I actually wanted to throw you a little bit of a bouquet, Shawnee, because mm-hmm. there are certain... Um, Things, aspirations, and endeavors that we do, which I think you fall into. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about vermouth creators. Okay. Because you're creating layers and layers and layers mm-hmm. of taste, which hopefully is harmonious. So mm-hmm. you are in the same sort of league as great perfumers. People that develop great mm-hmm. parfu- perfumes mm-hmm. are almost doing a symphony, mm-hmm. a symphony of smell. Mm-hmm. You're doing a symphony of taste. And also, um, classical composers mm-hmm. for full orchestra because you have all the different voices and things like that. That's an it's, interesting take. It's a very noble thing where you have layers and layers of taste woven together, stitched together mm-hmm. by you, the bartender. And you, Jill, the winemaker. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. I should do uh, 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 <laughs> Jill, he's not here. It's That's not, right. He's, he's, he's in another country. He's gallivanting. <laughs> but... Have you ever thought of it in those sort of terms that, you know, you are, you build this tapestry or this symphony yeah. in a bottle and it's bloody amazing? Well, I mean, well, I guess in some element or some, some way we've certainly thought of that way. Our first blending sessions, I vividly remember sitting with Jill locked in a room um, going through different flavours. Uh, 
we had uh, like 150 different uh, botanical extracts. Or you, you did the Julie Andrews. These are a few of my favourite <laughs> things. Now we've got to <laughs> whittle them out. The, yeah. I don't know about these brown paper packages. I know. String <laughs> thing. Yes, anyway, yes, yeah. So we, um, we worked our way through all those and saw what works together and what didn't. And the interesting thing when you're blending flavours, and I'm sure anyone, you know, it's, a, it's, it's not uncommon knowledge, but flavours have an effect on each other and can emphasise or, you know, devalue certain flavours. Orange and vanilla is a perfect example where, um, you know, uh, if you have just orange in something and you add vanilla, things appear more orange-like. Or um, if you're adding... Uh, cardamom and mint together in something they play off each then? other well you just need to readjust the rest of the uh, the botanicals you're adding and either bring it up or push them down because they're getting lost out or it's it's quite a and each extra botanical you're adding on makes it more and more complicated because that extra botanical can emphasize something or we have the unintended consequences that's exactly it's a bit right. like metaphor for life isn't it really yeah, yeah you have to sort of try that and you go oh god no the, it doesn't work oh the bloody cardamom's gotten all squeaky that's right yeah uh, how do we how do we <laughs> put that back in its box and and all that but um now uh, yes and and there have been great claims for you know wines and we wouldn't mind quickly touching on the australian industry but sure um i found out about uh queening wines and uh of which we have one uh, which we ha- we have one yes uh, but um uh, the cl- claim made by the Victorian Associated Vineyards uh, mm. about flatulence and pain. <laughs> you find the best things, don't you, mate? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you got... I harvest. I'm harvesting the great things. Oh, my tell goodness. Tell us about flatulence and pain. Well, God, what could I tell you about <laughs> flatulence and pain? Um, <laughs> it's back to the per alimentari, <laughs> isn't it? No, it is. It's for it? those guts. That's right. Help out the guts. Yes. Uh, uh, I can't be a testament to that comment at all, Cam. I've got a. But this uh, is this is something that admittedly comes from the 19th century. Mm. But it comes from an industry which we didn't really think existed that much, mm. but was was huge. Yeah, oh, certainly very much so, and it kind of dwindled out over the years. But then, very much recently, it's had a, a quite a large resurgence. Um, certainly through uh, through uh, Spain and England, um, and how much they love their vermouth, uh, and uh, consequently here through uh, in Australia. But one of the things that um, the a few of the Aussies did uh, was to talk about their own terroir and their own place, mm. and this is one of the great successes of Maiden and the fact that not only do you have all the uh, botanicals that we think of from Northern Hemisphere, you're utilising Southern Hemisphere botanicals. That's right, yeah. Indigenous ingredients. Exactly, and it shows the terroir of uh, Australian vermouth, and there's, uh, I think there's about nine of us now in Australia making vermouth, and uh, we find out more and more all the time. uh, We're actually doing a bar vermouth takeover at the Pinapalooza festivals all throughout Australia. That is a takeover. Yeah. That ain't no Pinot. That ain't no (laughs) Pinot. So we're getting involved with that, with all Australian (laughs) vermouths. um, yes. Throughout the country. Which When's Pinapalooza? There's a couple of dates. You'll have to jump onto their websites yeah, and find uh, look through all that. But, uh, yeah, we'll be involved with that. The book. Uh, we've only got l- uh, less right. than a minute. The We're launch. The launch. Launch. Write yes. this down, Matt. So, 20... Has <laughs> pen ready. There yes. you go. 26th of uh, July, we'll be doing the book launch at the State Library. Uh, we'll be having an evening of uh, discussions and lots of vermouth and uh, canapes with uh, vermouth ingredients and botanical-inspired food. Um, yeah, tickets will be online soon through Eventbrite. I want to go to that. That sounds good. Details. Will Max Allen be there? Uh, hopefully. We'll see if we can get it. He wrote a great piece. Uh, how much is this book working? Can you get it? Uh, 40 bucks recommended retail 40. price, That's as good. they say. Uh, stocked in all good bookstores. Mm-hmm. Um, jump online, uh, you know, uh, 
Reddings, Angus and Robinson, Book Depository, uh, anything. Plus storefronts have them as well. Books for Coming Cooks will books have for it. Cooks, Tim, yeah, definitely yeah, Tim will, will have it. Uh, it's one o'clock. Bugger, we've got to go. Um, no, that's for you. Uh, that's, a, that's applause for you for um, just a brilliant, brilliant book. Um, we've got to go across to the uh, the studio. Sorry, we've got to leave so early. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for Still Here. Yeah. And, and everything else that comes up on Triple R, and obviously uh, head on down to the Community Cup if you've got a free afternoon. Come on. Why Thanks, not? Matt. Thanks, Kimmy. You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.